That was great. You guys sounded so good. I love um, the line in that last song where it's talking about where, um, where in spite of our sins, grace runs deep. Grace runs deep. And where God's grace is, we are free. Um, just a beautiful reminder uh, of that. So thank you. Um, I want to, um, we're going to jump in in and, and just a moment, and we're going to use the chat feature for some, some feedback. We're going to use our imaginations to help us get into um, this scripture text that we have. So I want you to see this, uh, what's coming up is, is highly participatory in what we're about to do. Last week, we looked at an Old Testament story where heaven broke down into earth. Um, a stairway or a ladder extended from the heavens to earth in Jacob's dream. And after the event, jo uh, Jacob explained, uh, exclaimed, uh, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. And in other words, God had been actively present, but Jacob didn't see it at the time. And so we, we pondered this thought for our own lives. What if our lives were full of ladders where God was in this place with us, but due to our man eyes, our human eyes, we miss seeing him? Uh, where might we be able to train our eyes to see those ladders, to see the ways that God's will in heaven can be made known here on earth? So this morning, I want to begin taking you on journeys throughout Marin to places where we might see ladders, to places where God's will can be known in Marin as it is in heaven, uh, where, where God's will can be known wherever you are as it is in heaven. So over the next few Sundays, uh, I'm going to lead us on some virtual trips to different places around Marin. And I want to parallel these places with biblical accounts of God's heavenly presence breaking through into that particular place in Marin. Uh, we we kind of concluded last week with just dreaming, what would it be like if people began to rethink what Marin was known for? And what if people, when they heard of Marin, their first thought was, God is there and God is at work. Well, I want us to begin to train our eyes to see that God is here and God is at work and we can share in that. So in the, this morning and in the next uh, handful of Sundays, what, what's my goal in all this? Well, I'm, I want us to improve our spiritual eyesight. I want us to live consciously aware that God is present and at work among us and more than merely recognizing him, but also to courageously join him and participate in his earthly, um, marinely incarnations. So I, I made a trip, a short trip uh, from my church office. It's a very short trip uh, down to China camp. Uh, I've walked around that area several times to sit and reflect and read and pray. In fact, before we moved here, Beth and I met Brian and Katie at a church, and they were giving us uh, just kind of a tour of Marin. And when we left church, we pulled out onto San Pedro and we turned right. And the first place that we uh, that Brian and Katie took us to was down there as a, a drive through China camp. 
so we could see the water and um, he was telling us about good places to hike and, and things like that. So um, many times since then I've walked around that area just uh, it's a good place to go and sit and reflect and read and pray. Uh, some of you go down there to exercise, I go down there just to sit and be still. <laughs> um, it's also a place where knowing a little bit of the history I've gone and I've just tried to imagine what it would be like to call that shrimp fishing village home uh, back when it was an inhabited and run by 500 Chinese fishermen and their families uh, back when the current $5 parking fee would have been more than their day's wage. So I went there uh, just this past week and I walked along the shoreline and the beach was dotted by young picnicking families wearing jackets and uh, enjoying the sunshine. And I spent some time meditating on a specific biblical story that we're gonna look at this morning. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a story that we read in the gospels when Jesus walked along a shoreline, when Jesus went down to the beach. And um, I'm gonna read it to you, but before I do, uh, and this scene is described to us by the gospel writer, Mark. But before I do, I want you to use your imagination. I'm going to be reading from Mark 1, verse 16. And this is where I'd like for you to use the chat feature. Um, if we were all together in one room, I would ask you to just kind of call out words or phrases that describe what it's like to be on the beach, along the bay. So use descriptive words so that we can kind of feel like we're there. Maybe it's there at China Camp or there at uh, this passage that we're going to, to look at. But help bring to life what it's like to be standing on the shore looking out over a vast body of water. And I'll read a few things that you, uh, that you put in the chat feature here. It's windy, peaceful, peaceful and inspiring, refreshing. <laughs> cold. Ah, the salt smell. I love the smell of the salty air. It's natural, mind cleansing. It's a sanctuary. Fresh air, for sure. Even if it's salty air, and if it's low tide, it's still just that real natural smell, isn't it? It's calming. Ooh, sandy toes. I like that. Yes, the majesty of God is renewing. These are great descriptions. Restorative, ever-changing. Let's, let's kind of carry some of this with us into this story. Maybe as, we, as I read this story, um, smell the salty air, feel the breeze. Um, out in the distance, there's fishermen on boats and in water standing in the water, casting nets. Um, maybe it's early morning, sunrise. Or maybe it's a late day, pre-dusk, last minute attempt on the part of these fishermen to catch dinner. Listen to the, that clapping sound of the waves as they lap up on the shore. And maybe it is that smell of low tide. And I'm gonna begin reading in Mark chapter one, verse 16. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. 
Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Now, as this event unfolded, as you're picturing this, I just want you to think that as this unfolded for both Simon and Andrew, and this is the Simon who would be renamed uh, Peter, the rock. Um, as this scene unfolded for these four young men, I can't imagine that they had even the slightest suspicion of the magnitude of this event. Jesus was calling them to an entirely new way of living and a way of being in the world. He was calling them to reconsider or to consider repurposing the principles they learned on the job to a setting that would have eternal significance. So to apply the latter principle from last week, the latter on which God descends to the earth to act in heavenly ways, I believe that this is what the shoreline, figuratively speaking, looked like that day when Jesus called his first disciples. Look at this image on the screen. Now, this is a scene at, at China Camp. If you've been down there, you can probably identify exactly where that is. Um, but for Simon and Andrew and James and John, whether they realized it due to the magnitude of that event, um, there was a ladder. <laughs> there was this breaking in of a heavenly calling right there where they were on earth. Um, I. Like I said, I was walking around China camp and took that picture and um, it was <laughs> some people probably looked at me a little strange as I'm walking along uh, with a ladder. <laughs> um, and I was joking with, with Jonathan just a few minutes before the service. And I said, people probably thought I was an artist doing some real artsy photo shoot until I pulled out my iPhone and then they realized I wasn't an artist. <laughs> I was just some clown walking around the beach with a ladder. Um, but here's the deal. I want you to, uh, for my first application, um, I want us to keep that visual in mind. And my, my, my idea here is not to help you see Jesus at China camp or to, uh, to reimagine how China camp is a place for us to make God's will known as it is um, in heaven, as good as that would be. Um, but before I tell you how I intend to apply this image, let me first say this. Although crowds of people followed Jesus around, although curious onlookers and pesky Pharisees sought him out, what we read in the Gospels is that Jesus regularly made his way to the people. Jesus often sought out people. He sought out people who were hurting or dying or socially outcast or wandering aimlessly and without purpose. He sought out people who thought they had life all figured out. He also sought out people who had given up on life. Jesus went to where the people were. Don't lose sight of this. It's very important. 
for what I'm, I'm talking about um, this morning and, and future weeks. Jesus went to where the people were. And it wasn't just because Jesus was an E according to the Myers-Briggs typology. He wasn't continually going to the people because he just happened to be an extrovert. Jesus went to the people were, where, where the people were, and when he did, he brought heaven to those earthly places. If Jesus were physically walking this earth today, or to be more specific, if Jesus were physically walking throughout Marin today, he would go to where the people are. And this is a key point I want you to wrestle with um, in the upcoming Sundays as we study this subject. Jesus did not merely invite people to a church service. He invited people into a new way of living. Now, he did, to be clear, welcome anyone and everyone in the synagogues who were thirsty for his teachings. And although he was a captivating storyteller and, a, and a, an authoritative teacher, his goal was not to invite people to attend his next speaking gig. So not only in religious settings, but everywhere he went, Jesus told stories and modeled a new way of living that helped people reframe what life could be like not if they just started going to church, but what life could be like right there where they were. So while our auditorium is currently off limits for large indoor gatherings, maybe God is reminding us that we as the church, and the Greek word is ekklesia, which literally means the called out, Maybe God is reminding us to use this unique season to go out to where the people are rather than invite people to join us where we are. It's what Jesus did. So back to China camp, back to the ladder at China camp. China camp was a fishing village back in the day. It was a workplace for those residents. Jesus went to Simon, Andrew, James, and John he went to where they worked. And at their workplace along the sea, Jesus invited them to consider a new way of life. So here's my point. There is a ladder, not just at China camp, there is a ladder at your workplace. Imagine that. Use, use your imagination for a moment and, and let's picture an orange ladder at your workplace. Now, most likely with current COVID restrictions, your actual place of work looks different than it did five months ago. But I still want you to imagine a ladder at that workplace or in your home office. Imagine a ladder where you make sales calls and maintain relationships with your accounts and your clients. Or maybe you picture this ladder in the foreground of every square on a work Zoom call. Let's not have man eyes, human eyes like Jacob, to where we look back on this wild season of life and we confess, God was in my workplace and I knew it not. Let's look at our workplaces through the eyes of Jesus and declare, God is in this place. No matter how unholy you may think the workplace is around you, God is in that place. Let's go to where the people are and let's take a ladder with us. Let's join God in the ways he chooses to make his presence and activity known 
here in Marin as it is in heaven. Jesus went to where the people were, and as a result, heaven broke through to earth. Not just in a temple or a religious building, heavenly activities became known on earth in very earthy places like workplaces. So that's kind of part one. Jesus met people in their workplaces. And Jesus, what I want us to see is Jesus also met people in their worst places. Jesus met people in their workplaces. Jesus also met people in their worst places. And hopefully your workplace is not your worst place. <laughs> I'm gonna read another passage. This is another story that took place um, on the sea with Jesus. We read about it in Matthew 14. And we won't use the chat feature, but I want you to, as I'm reading this, to picture yourself in this scene as it unfolds. Beginning in verse 22 of Matthew 14, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. Now, what had just taken place um, was a miraculous, uh, miraculous feeding of thousands of people with just a small amount of food. Um, and after this amazing time, uh, Jesus sensed the need for himself to withdraw and to pray and to be re-energized as he reconnected with God the Father through the Spirit and prayer. And then he also sends the disciples out um, to send them across this big lake, across this sea to the other shore. So he makes the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. He dismisses the crowd after he dismissed them. He went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So just, it's, it, it, there's a storm that has come up, a squall, um, and I'm sure caught the disciples off guard. Even though these are fishermen, some of them were familiar with lakes and storms and boats. Um, they found themselves in a very scary situation. Verse 45, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, walking on the storm. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Jesus met people in their worst places. What we read is a worst case scenario, even for the disciples who were skilled on water and familiar with boats. The storm was intense. The storm came on unexpectedly. The storm consumed their thoughts and grew their fears. The winds were against them. The odds were against them. Circumstances were against them. I took another picture while I was at, at China camp. And Jonathan's gonna bring that one up for us. God breaks through to earth in the worst places, in the storms, alongside fear-filled people rowing for their life. Jesus, the latter himself met the disciples in their place of fear. 
and exhaustion. Verse 26, did you catch this? When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost. In other words, they, they didn't recognize him. Uh, to use the words of Jacob, the Lord was in that place, but they knew it not. Their human eyes didn't see the ladder. And it was not until Jesus stepped into their boat and the seas grew calm that they saw God in their midst. We see once again, Jesus making his way to people. And he's not, Jesus is not impatiently tapping his foot, waiting for people to make their way towards him. Jesus was not just a ladder on the mountain, he was not just mumbling as he looked out and saw the disciples full of fear. He wasn't just mumbling about how those fear-filled disciples, if they would just have enough faith, they could join him on solid ground. No, Jesus went to them. Jesus became the ladder in their boat on a storm-tossed sea. It was during this storm that heaven broke through to earth. Yes, in this instance, the sea grew calm, but more importantly, the disciples grew calm because they realized they were in the presence of God himself. And they welcomed the ladder into their boat. Surely the Lord is in this storm, and I knew it not. So in these two stories, I just want us to, to reimagine how Jesus walked along the shore to call people, and Jesus walked on a storm to calm people. So what is it like for God's will to be done in workplaces and worse places as it is in heaven, in those less than ideal settings? Um, let me just kind of mention a few things that we could do um, to help us identify God in our workplaces and in our worst places uh, some real simple and practical ways that, that we can be a part of bringing um, God's will from heaven to earth, where we can walk into our workplaces and worse places carrying a ladder uh, for others to experience God's presence. Um, I think the first thing that we can do is begin simply by asking God to give us eyes to see him, to see ladders of God's grace and presence and activity around us. Make that a daily prayer. Just at the beginning of your day, God, give me eyes to see you today. Anytime I see God's grace, I know you are there. That's what we were just singing a few moments ago. When we recognize grace, God is there. Uh, maybe the second thing we can do is, is also a prayer, but let's pray by name for the people that we work with. And as you pray for them, ask God to give you a love for the people you work with. Here's another practical thing that we can do in the workplace. Um, listen to the people that you work with. Do you know their stories? Do you know um, about the storms in their life right now? Listen to the people that you work with. Another way that we can be that ladder in the workplace is be the calming presence in a coworker's storm. You and I might not have the ability to calm their storm, 
but you have been given the spirit of peace, the spirit of calm in the storm. How can you be a calming presence in the midst of your coworker storm? Maybe you can, um, another way that we can be like Jesus and go to the people, maybe you can share a story of God's grace and transforming work in a stormy season of your own life. I sat with a, 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 just a dear friend um, yesterday. We um, went out, grabbed some food, sat down and, and talked. And again, he was just talking about this one time in his life that was uh, a real test of his faith. And the more he shared, um, it just really was a powerful way for me to be reminded of God's presence in, in the midst of my storms as he was talking about how he had experienced God in the midst of his storms. Maybe here's another way that we can um, see a ladder in our workplaces. For the upcoming week, commit to saying only positive things in your workplace. Without holding, uh, withhold negativity and complaining and replace that with gratitude and encouragement and just see what God does in coming to visit with you and your coworkers. It could be practical acts of kindness that you do. Uh, maybe you just are committed to be focused and disciplined and to be the hardest working member of your team. All of these are ways that I believe if Jesus was walking around Marin, he would go to a workplace and these are the things that he would do. The future growth of our church, the future growth of Bay Marin will not be founded upon how good we are at inviting people to church uh, or how spectacular our church programs are. The growth and health of Bay Marin will be based on how well we like Jesus Take the gospel to where the people are. I'm not fearful of the days ahead because the future of Bay Marin is not based on how soon we can return to our auditorium. I don't, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to August 16th, another time for us to gather together um, where we will, there will be a ladder in our midst as we gather together. Uh, but it's going to be a long time probably before we can return to our auditorium and we can kind of be a church in a church service. But that's okay because our future is rooted in our obedience to take Jesus to the people. I believe we could accomplish more for God's kingdom with just five people who see ladders everywhere in Marin than 105 people who think that the only place to find a ladder is in a church auditorium. The expansion of God's kingdom in Marin is dependent upon us as God's children going to the people. It is living convinced that God is in this place of Marin. I've been told that 98% of the population of Marin do not go to church. But I want you to know that that does not in any way diminish the fact that God is in 100% of our county. God is in this place of Marin. May we see God all around us. May we help the unchurched to see ladders, to see the God who comes to them 
in their storms. May we be people like Jesus who go to the people and we help them see that God is in this place. So I want to give you two questions to consider before we take communion. I want to just kind of press pause and I want you to reflect on this. The first question, how is heaven breaking through to earth at your workplace? Is there a place where you've recognized already? Yeah, there's a there's definitely a ladder. I have seen God's grace in my workplace. Or maybe could you begin now to reimagine what it looks like in your workplace, going to the people so that they can experience God's presence? Take a moment and just imagine that. How is or could heaven break through to earth at your workplace? And then the second question, how is heaven breaking through to earth at your worst place? So I know some of you are in a storm. Maybe it has to do with the pandemic. Maybe it has to do with some of these big national issues. Maybe it's something more personal. It has to do with family. Maybe it's just this inner storm that you have battled for years. Could it be that Jesus is walking out to you right now? Would you welcome him into your boat? Would you welcome him into your worst place? See, you don't have to earn God's love and attention by climbing ladders. Instead, we accept the Jesus who came down the ladder, who meets us right where we are, as we are, not as we should be, but right here, as we are. And when we take communion, this is really what we are remembering. We are remembering that Jesus came to this earth he pursued us, and he offered himself to us. With bread and wine, we remember that Jesus came to earth and sacrificed his life. And Jesus said that this bread is representative. It's a symbol of his body offered for us. He came to us. He wasn't a body that stayed way above us. He came to us and he offered himself to us. And then the cup, he held it up with his closest friends, his disciples, and he holds it up before us as his disciples. And he said, this represents my blood shed for you. He came down to us, offering himself completely to us for us. Let's remember that. Would you take this bread and this cup and join me now in remembering the sacrifice of Christ? Before we sing, let me pray. Pray with me, please. Father, um, I call you Father call you my heavenly parent because I am like a child standing before you. And I say thank you for accepting me as I am. Thank you for accepting us 
as we are. You welcome us in our immaturities and in our messes while we are still in process, while we still in so many ways are unable to care for ourselves, we are children. And these are normal things for young children to encounter. God, give us a childlike faith that trusts your love for us. We acknowledge you as a loving parent who comes down, who kneels down, who gets eye level with us, who picks us up and puts us in your lap. You are the heavenly parent who says to us, you are my children. And to that we say, thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.